It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. What could be better than speaking, hypnotizing, and performing comedy magic? Well, nothing for my guest. He's Chad Chesmark. He's celebrating 22 years as a keynote speaker, hypnotist, and comedy magician. He's the author of How to Predict the Future by Creating It Yourself, the user's manual for your subconscious mind. And he's currently performing in House of Magic, a family-friendly comedy and magic show residency at the Downtown Grand. Showtime is at 6 p.m. For ticket information, go to downtowngrand.com. And for everything about Chad Chesmark, notice I said Chesmark, folks, not Chesmark, although it's spelled that way. Go to chadchesmark.com and you can follow him on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And Chad, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Art. Well, very impressed by the fact that you are a certified NLP practitioner. Not everybody knows what NLP is. Let's see if I can get it right. NLP is a neural linguistic programming practitioner. And how did you decide to go for that? And then we'll get into obviously all the other things that you do because you're quite the man of multi-talents here. Well, my bread and butter is comedy magic. I've been doing that since I was a child. And when I started to do more corporate events, I started leaning towards the mentalism aspect of things. And a lot of companies hire you and they want you to add like a motivational twist. So I, that's why I started studying the NLP, because you can, you can mix that in with mind reading, how, how to understand someone, or maybe do waking hypnosis with people. So I studied those things to help with the corporate part of my career. For those of us who may not know, what is NLP? Neurolinguistic programming, it's basically trying to, through communication, getting in direct contact with somebody's subconscious mind rather than their conscious mind. Does everybody have a subconscious mind? Yes. Without it, we would be dead. <laughs> because because that's, what, that's what tells us to breathe right. and makes us hungry. You know? <laughs> I, th- I, I equate it with instinct, but uh, there's a lot of people who I don't think have a conscious mind, but they probably, you're right, have a subconscious mind. I, I see walking zombies along the Las Vegas Strip and downtown Las there's Vegas. There's a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got started early in life. You mentioned at an early age. You got your first magic kit at six. Yeah, I got a, a Mickey Mouse magic kit at Disney World. And what's funny is uh, recently I found the exact same kit on eBay. So I have a brand new version of my very first kit from, you know, 1970-something. Excellent. What was it? Was the price twice, three times, four times what you paid initially for it? Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah. But it, it still wasn't that much. And I don't think many people are trying to collect a 1970s Mickey Mouse magic kid, other than weirdos like me. You know? <laughs> I'm assuming your Mickey Mouse kit was all plastic as well. It, yeah, yeah, it was plastic. What's funny too is it one of the tricks it came with was this little tiny, uh, like the size of a dime, little plastic green ring, and it came with a little tiny yellow string. And the idea was you you would tie a knot with the thread or with the string around that ring have somebody hold the ends, and then you could remove the ring magically without untying the knot. And what's funny is that that exact concept 
is a 10 minute staple of my show today, but now the ring is six inches and, and instead of a string, it's a rope. I mean, it's the, I, I never let go of my very first trick and I'm still performing. It. Right. You went from, from plastic to brass probably. And well, yeah, sense. now it's a chrome plated ring that has no, no welds, which <laughs> took me 20 years to find because nobody makes those. How, how did you get it then? If it took you 20 years to find it, did you have to go to some specialty tradesman who could figure it out in his garage or did you go to some company that was able to make it from I, a 3d printer was, or how did you do it no i was performing on a cruise ship out of out of uh new york city and they had a, a convention one day and i just was walking around and some guy just had one on his table and i was like what's this for he said i don't know and i was like can i can i buy it and he said yeah it's like five bucks um that's the first one i had and then I couldn't find a replacement for that because I dropped it in the show. So it, uh, it got dented uh, for 20, 22 years. It took me. And I just recently, a company created a ring specifically for the type of magic that I do with no, <laughs> with no weld in it, which is amazing because when people see the weld, they go, Oh, there's a trick here. Even though there's not right. They go, Oh, there's a seam. I'm like, well, yeah. How else do you make it perfectly round? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but these guys somehow, what, sanded it down perfectly and then re-chromed it so it's it's perfect i assume you made the decision because of your clumsiness on the first one that you you didn't buy just one the second time around you bought two or three i have three right now yeah i yeah. figured that was the case <laughs> because not i'm not accusing you of being consistently clumsy but just as backup in case <laughs> that happens again well so. i drop i drop it on purpose as part of the part of the act so that's uh. I wish I dropped it on a pillow every time, but I can't, you know? Right. So, is it strong enough to withstand weeks and weeks and months and months of dropping? Yeah. Now, magic is one thing, but you took time out. You earned a degree in business and organizational communication in college. So how did you decide to go the academic way first before you got back into the world of show business, or was it both happening at the same time? In other words, you were performing throughout the time you were studying? Well, that, that choice wasn't specifically mine. That was my parents saying, you can do whatever you want. You can go be a magician, do what you want after you go to college. <laughs> so, Wise so I parents, studied yes. classes that I thought would help me. And I, I, you know, I minored in theater, which, which really helped a lot. You know, with, I studied stage design and acting and voice. And uh, I, I, I was never into that when I was like in high school, but in college, it was amazing because it, it, it applied directly to what I wanted to do. Right. It gave you additional skills for the magic and for your, yeah, and then, and for your presentations as well. Yeah. And then the public relations degree helped with when I was starting out getting, writing my own press releases. Right. I could get, you know, newspaper articles that were written about me Wink, wink, by me. But, you know, <laughs> in a press release, you don't put the author, so nobody Correct. knew that I wrote, I wrote all those. Third person, <laughs> right. <laughs> I noticed that you got inspired, or maybe obsessed would be the better term, after reading Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which has been around for decades. I don't know when it was written, but it's been around I think forever. it was 1937. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. That, that's a long time ago. What age were you when you read it, and what did it do for you, both for your life and your career? Well, as, as soon as I graduated school, I had a, quote, real job, and I was working for a Ace Hardware store, 
or no, I'm sorry, True Value. Wow, it's so long ago, I can't remember the hardware store. <laughs> True Value hardware. And uh, I was traveling, every, every uh, Monday through Friday, I traveled to another state, and I would go to a store, and I was the guy that set up the big displays. You know, so these are the new hammer, the new hammer display. I hated it. It was horrible. And I d- had already decided, okay, I need to quit this. I need to go full-time with magic. But I, I wasn't making enough money, you know, just doing magic. At that time, I was doing a couple comedy clubs, birthday parties, you know, company party, anything I could find. But it wasn't enough to cover my salary. So somebody, somebody bought Think and Grow Rich for me. Actually, this is, this is crazy. So I'm, I'm obsessed with Bruce Lee. I studied martial arts my whole life. And I was reading a Bruce Lee book, just thumbing through it. And then there was a quote by Bruce Lee saying, I owe most of my success to the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I just took a little note of that and closed it. And then one Christmas, somebody gave me a, a book by Drew Carey, Dirty Jokes, Beer, and something like that, right? It's like his biography. And I just opened it right when I unwrapped it to the, you know, just to a random page. And then the same thing. He said, I owe most of my success to the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. So I closed the book, immediately get in the car and drive to a Barnes and Noble because back then there was no Amazon. <laughs> I buy that book, read it in, in, in basically one sitting. That's not an easy book to read in one night, you know. And then I reread it and I, and I applied. I just said, I'm going to apply everything that this book says towards starting a magic career and and it worked as if by magic like it's it's a lot of people have heard of you know manifesting and and that kind of stuff and i'm as a skeptic i'm a huge skeptic by the way but i was like oh you know what i'm gonna try it anyway and i did everything i said to do and then all of a sudden i start booking enough shows to replace the hardware yeah yeah so i my i told my boss i said hey i'm gonna turning my two weeks notice and uh, go pursue magic. And he said, Oh, thank God. Cause all you ever do is card tricks anyway. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, you have the world's largest collection of hammers. Is that correct? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that one book inspired you. And I am assuming because you sound to me like the type of person who doesn't just read the one book and is inspired and, and, and rightfully you credit that book for, for launching you in this sense, in this journey. People right. like to use the word journey, but career and life, et cetera. Yeah. You sound like the person that also reads other books in that genre once you got going. I did. And, and I read all, everyone that I could get my hands on. Was and what's there, funny is yeah, for a while it, it, it worked. So I, I had set, set a goal and achieved it. And it, for me, it was a weekly goal. I had to make this much every week in order to, to do this full time. And I reached it every single week for more than a year. And then it's like, okay, now what? Now am I complacent? Do I just keep <laughs> riding this out, or do I set a new goal? So then I decided I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a brand new goal and try this whole process again. And my new goal was to, to work on cruise ships. I had never seen a cruise ship in my life, never sailed on a cruise ship. I just decided I'm gonna go work on a cruise ship because I knew that magicians did that. And so I re- reapplied everything in the book, read it again. And then I, you know, like you said, I was reading other books in the same genre and applying new, new techniques. So I had a stack of like note cards that I would read first thing in the morning and then first thing at night, basically affirmations. 
about my goal. And within a year, I had written down by this date, I wish I still had that note card, by this date, I will have a contract with, at the time it was Norwegian Cruise Lines, making X amount of dollars per week. Well, when it, when it finally came true, it was the same month that I had written down. The money that I, was, that I had written down, I actually, the contract they offered me was for more money. But when my agent took their 10%, it was the exact same that I had written down. <laughs> so it was crazy. Like it, it was crazy to me. That, that sounds very much as the subconscious working. Yeah. And then I rode that wave for 20 22 years and now now i'm here in vegas though trying not to do cruises and trying to just trying to stay on land well probably the only negative i see in doing cruises is you tend to eat more food than you should yeah because it's yeah it's unlimited so it's dangerous it's very very dangerous somehow you must have in those affirmations and goals you must have written down that you wanted to write a book Because you have this book, it's called, again, How to Predict the Future by Creating It Yourself, the User's Manual for Your Subconscious Mind. How long did it take you to write it? And were you, you probably weren't surprised that you were able to write it and publish it because that was one of your goals through reading Napoleon Hill and others about how you set goals and and do affirmations. Yeah. So for 20 something years, I was doing, I was working about 48 weeks a year on cruise ships. Well, that's a lot of downtime because on a cruise, you only perform one night a week, maybe two, right? If they ask for extra. So you have a lot of downtime. So I thought, well, I had read at that point hundreds of books in the genre, self-help or motivation, NLP, stuff about the subconscious mind. And I had, I thought, I wish all this, all the good stuff was in one book. So I didn't have to read a hundred books. So then I thought, I can't find that book, so I'm going to try to write it. And, and maybe, maybe take Think and Grow Rich, which is really dated because, I mean, if you read that book, it's, you can tell that it's dated because it's very masculine written. So it's not very, uh, you know, friendly for this, this era. Right. So I thought maybe I can write those concepts and all the other things I've learned into my own book. Mainly, I write it for myself, so I have all my notes in one spot. Yeah, that makes sense. And then I'm like, well, I might as well publish it because why not? It's easy to have a book published these days. It is. I was uh, always surprised about how easy it is these days where you can actually print to order, depending on how many orders you get. But before that, you had to print X number in order to make a profit. Now you don't really have to. You can publish to order and make a profit. It's fascinating how all that works. Yeah. That's great. So in your downtime on the ship, you were able to write the book. I see. Yeah, so that's what I would do. I would wake up in the morning, have breakfast, sit uh, in my room or on the balcony and just start typing. And it took me about a year to get it where I wanted it to be because a lot of it was with doing a, more research. You know, I'd have an idea and I wanted to make sure I put things the correct way. So lots of research, lots of calling people that I looked up to and asking you know, their advice on certain topics. And it took a long time. And then... When, when you're done, I mean, when you write a book, it's so much information and you, you need to get an editor because I couldn't edit it myself because you want to keep everything. Right. You think exactly. everything's perfect. Yeah. And it's never it's, perfect or, or yeah, right. you have to. You take it. an editor and they give it back to you and they're like, you can get rid of all this. And you're like, oh, or they'll, they'll say you repeated this whole 
sentence, you know, two chapters ago. And you're like, oh, because you, you're in so deep that you don't see all that. Right. Were you surprised at the reaction to the book? If people would write to you and tell you they learned a lot or it changed their life, that type of reaction? Yeah, I, it, it it was really awesome to get feedback from people and, you know, people writing to you as though you're some kind of an expert or a guru. And I had to explain to some people, hey, I'm not. I just wrote the book. I'm just passing on information that I've learned throughout my life. Yeah, you're you know. sharing information. Okay, this is an odd question, but I have to ask it. When you were on the cruise ships writing the book, because you had a contract and you were performing, was part of the contract free Wi-Fi? No. So when you wanted to research part of your book, you had to access the internet and have to pay for it then. Yep. And at that time, the Wi-Fi on cruises was so bad and so expensive that you, you would wait till you were in port right, and you'd find sense. a coffee shop, which is funny because people say, oh my God, where are you today? And you're like, I'm in Grand Cayman. And they're like, are you on a beach? Are you scuba diving? You're like, no, I'm at the Sippin' Cafe. <laughs> Writing a book. <laughs> yeah. they, and they would just be disappointed like, oh man. Do you incorporate your book with your magic show at the Downtown Grand in that it's offered there after the show or is that totally separate from your show? It's totally separate because the show that I do at the Downtown Grand is 100% comedy magic. It's silly, slapstick, goofy magic. So I, I assume that after watching that show, nobody's going to want to take advice from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, know, you raise a good point. <laughs> but if you saw my, my mentalism or my motivational show that I do for companies, that show, I have people approach me afterwards all the time saying, how do I learn how to apply my mind like this? But, but my, my bread and butter show is, it's, it's the opposite. So it's, it's total silliness here. And then my other one is, is going deep into the powers of the mind. So I noticed, Chad, there's some noise in the background, and I suspect it is someone that you know very well. Yeah, my fiance, Laura Wright, is she's, she's in the show Bad Out of Hell, which is at the Paris. And they're still running rehearsals during the day up until the showtime. So she's in a rush to get to rehearsal right now. So she's cooking herself breakfast. Uh, so that's what we're hearing in the background. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. just want our listeners to know it wasn't me and it wasn't you, but it was Laura. So there you and go. And she says hello to everyone. So. Oh, excellent. Okay. <laughs> Getting back to your show at the Downtown Grand, because it is family friendly, you have to structure it a certain way. Do you find that your best audience is a mix of people and ages or is it, is it one type? Do you like to have a lot of kids or some kids or a mix of, or mostly adults? How does that work? It depends. Well, so when I, I do the show at six o'clock, but I also stick around for the eight o'clock and do a guest spot, which is adult only. So I, I like both vibes, but when there's a lot of kids, my main show is it's the most fun for me when there's kids there, because I mean, I worked for Disney cruise lines forever and I enjoy getting a, I enjoy having the kids heckle me. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's written into my show. Like, I want them to heckle me. I want them to say, I know how you did that because I'm hoping they do that. When it's all adults, they just think that I'm, I'm, I'm crazy. Right. You know, because I, I make things look totally obvious, like how it works. And then when they call me out, I can show, ah, you're wrong. You know, it's, it's called a sucker magic trick. Yeah, there's more than one way to skin a cat and there's more than one way to do a trick. So you can Correct. always come up with a different way to do it. 
Do you still have the passion for magic that you had when you were a kid? Yeah, I'm, I'm still obsessed with it. Like in my free time, that's what I do. I watch magic videos. I read magic books. I'm always learning new tricks that I know I'll never perform. Because <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always thinking, well, I might need this someday, so I might yeah. as well learn this new sleight of hand. Or well, it's continuing education, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. But but I mean, for something to make it into my show is rare, because the show has been written and, and fine tuned over so many years. To add something new is is very. Uh, it has to be really good. You know, to make it into the show. To your point, though, about Napoleon Hill and how it's a little dated, don't you at some point have to evolve your show, not because of what's in the act, but because audiences change over time? Yeah, that's true. And my show, for example, is it's a, there's a, I have a script, but there are moments throughout the entire show where I can ad lib. And that's where the new stuff comes from, or that's where keeping it modern comes in because I can easily just make a joke about COVID, for example, and, you know, throw that in there, which, which happens every night. So every night the show's a little bit different because I like to just be loose and uh, not follow a perfect script, but be able to, you know, be in the moment. Do you find that when you, because you're, you're doing two tracks, you have the comedy magic at the downtown grand, and then you do your keynote speeches and those presentations on the corporate side. Do you ever, when you're on the corporate side, have someone come up to you after one of your presentations or speeches and say, I saw you in Las Vegas, or vice versa, they see you at downtown Grand say, you were at a presentation over at my corporation a year ago. Do you ever have that ever happen? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I also have had people, even as, as recent as last week, immediately after the show in Vegas come up to me and say, can you come do this show for my company. <laughs> and they, they don't even need it to be motivational. But just We just want this exact show. That's great. So, so you've got two different marketing strategies, one on the presentation side and one on the magic side. Yeah. And, and even when I do the presentation, it is a magic show, quote, magic show. I just, I just tie it in with you know, goal setting, goal achievement, and, and how to tap into your subconscious mind to to magnify your, your efforts. How did you decide to come to Las Vegas initially and then to stay and perform in Las Vegas? I mean, it's a great base of operations for you, but how did you make that decision? I'm originally from Ohio and I ended up living in Houston, Texas for about 10 years. And then I met my fiance, Laura, who lives in Vegas. She was in Vegas, the show for six years. And, uh, and, and several other shows in town. So we met on a cruise, and I came here to visit her. And while I was here, the pandemic happened. Everything shut down. So I moved in with her in a one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> we just met, and we lived together uh, you know, in close quarters. We couldn't leave. We ran out of toilet paper together. <laughs> <laughs> now that's then, closeness so i i can see and you survive that so no wonder you, you're getting married <laughs> yeah that's what we said and then and then uh my best friend is james michael who had a show at the strat for about six years it was the redneck magic show at the la comedy club in the strat well he needed to have both hips replaced 
And I was here and he told the producers there that the only person that I'll allow to take my spot, because he had to be out for several months, is Chad. So that was my instant first gig. I filled in for him seven nights a week at the LA Comedy Club at the Strat for two months. Talk, talk about timing. Ed. That's amazing. Yeah. That you're I got really lucky. Yeah. That. And then once COVID starts to recede, you can go back <clears throat> to doing corporate gigs and traveling, which initially nobody could do. Yeah. But then, but then from there, a friend of mine who's my producer now said, hey, do you want a, a gig here? And I said, yeah. So he, he opened the House of Magic. He also runs Delirious Comedy Club, which is the same, same room. And he said, I'll, I'll put you uh, in here at 6 o'clock. And uh, he goes, if you want, we can call it the Chad Chesmark Magic Show, or we can make it generic. He goes, because if we call it, if we name it after you, you have to be here all the time. <laughs> he goes, well, if we make it a generic name, you can still do cruises you know, every once in a while, and you can do your corporates, and we can just plug in another comedy magician. So that's where we are today. And it's worked out. Yeah. Outstanding. Well, before I let you go, what do you look for in the next five years for you? Are you going to create a third revenue stream by, I don't know what the third one would be, whether it would be um, if you want to be an Olympic champion or you want to uh, <laughs> yeah. run a zoo, or I have no idea, but is there something else you're thinking about? Right now, I'm, I'm really just enjoying performing, performing in Vegas, and I just want to see how long I can make this last. Well, so uh, far, yeah, it's, so, been, it's been great for you all the way around. And the fact that you can do both sides of a career, you're doing the comedy magic and you're doing the corporate presentations and speaking, and you're a hypnotist and you have the book out. So that should be enough for a person for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I enjoy this town a lot, a lot more than Houston. <laughs> well, that's a great way to leave it my, my guest has been Chad Chesmark he's celebrating 22 years as a keynote speaker, hypnotist and comedy magician he's the author of How to Predict the Future by Creating It Yourself the user's manual for your subconscious mind and he's currently performing in House of Magic a family friendly comedy and magic show residency at the Downtown Grand showtime is at 6pm for ticket information go to downtowngrand.com and for everything about Chad Chesmark. Go to chadchesmark.com and you can follow him on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Chad, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I had a, I had a great time. Me too. Thanks. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Happy Las Vegas!